0: is with you let us pray you who are who were who are to come before whose judgment all fades away that is not love save us from the violence that seeks to claim our hearts so we might hear a different voice and belong to you in truth through Jesus Christ Amen The summer after my first year in seminary I got a fellowship. It's a magical word, fellowship. To grad student ears, it translates money, survival. This particular fellowship was through the Beatitude Society, a group intended to uh, stoke the flames of progressive Christianity. It was actually started by the Reverend Ann Howard, who many of you know in this area, and also in partnership with Sally Hall's daughter, Franny. Sally everyone knows, and Franny everyone has, a lot of folks have seen at the church. In any case, I'm deeply grateful for them. The fellowship paid for me to live in San Francisco and work at a place called Glide. Glide is a pillar of the Bay Area. It's featured in The Lonely Planet as one of the things to see and do in the Bay Area. It's also featured in the movie Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith when he and his son go in there for help. Glide started as a Methodist church in the heart of the Tenderloin. They have a daily meal program, which has served over 800,000 meals just this year. Glide is also a place that has transitional housing, drop-in centers, uh, women's health clinic and a garden. They were the first place in the world to have a recovery program for crack. You get the idea. Glide is an amazing place, and I loved working there. While I was there, I got to edit the audio of a speech that Maya Angelou gave in honor of Glide's founder, Cecil. I recorded and compiled stories of houseless and addicted folks telling how their lives had been transformed by Glide. And the biggest project I did was upgrading Glide's audio system. I spent months assessing this project, looking at gear, imagining new programs, and compiling the costs of equipment and installation. The day I was to present this proposal to the board, I was nervous But I got my presentation together, and I started walking down to the central office. And when I got to the stairwell, there was a person right in front of the steps. The person had on a pink bathrobe that was hanging wide open. They had on red underwear that looked like a Speedo. The person's hair was short and crusted with dried vomit. They had dark black skin, calloused bare feet, and a prominent Adam's apple. Their large, worn hands were shaking and closed. In the left one, they held a lighter. In the right one, they held a crack pipe. The person looked at me and said, "'Help me, please,' Then burst into tears." I carefully brought them to a chair down the hall and learned their name. For the purposes of our talk, we'll call her Jean. Jean was transgender and preferred feminine pronouns. In a flurry of tears, she told me her story. Rejected by her parents and friends, she ended up on the streets. Her jittery motions suggested that her battle with crack guided her body but that's not what she came to talk about she wanted prayer so we prayed I don't remember what either of us said but I do remember sitting with her long enough to have entirely missed my proposal to the board which passed despite my absence and I remember Jean's face when we finished our prayer dark broken And tear drenched. I remember thinking distinctly, this is the face of Christ. Today we celebrate Christ the King. It is the final Sunday of the church year. And while the history of the church and its partnership with empire has distorted this, today is a day of inversion, of irony. Of a truth unseen and misunderstood, the passage from John suggests some of this tension. Here's Jesus, a nobody from nowhere. He is being interrogated on charges deserving death on in the frontiers of ancient Roman empire. Nobodies from nowhere did not have the luxury of being presumed innocent until proven guilty. The onus was on Jesus to prove his innocence. So Jesus is a criminal. Here he is before Pilate, the governor of Judea under Emperor Tiberius. The juxtaposition of power and powerlessness is stark. To say Christ the King is like saying Jean the Queen. Jesus, the small-town peasant criminal, was about as much a king as Jean the homeless, transgender, crack addict. This is why they nailed the phrase to the cross. Jesus the King is laughable. It's a joke, but worldly status is different from heavenly status. In the kingdom of God, Jean the Queen was my teacher. She showed me a deep truth, one that is ineffable, beyond my ability to articulate. She showed me the tragedy of her life and her truth and the reality that no suffering goes unnoticed by God, that God connects us all in ways that we will never fully comprehend. The way of God, what Jesus calls the kingdom of God, is not our way. Power or leadership in this world looks like dominance, violence, one wiping out another, whether that's in political or capital strength or through influence. God's kingdom, God's way, is mystery, connection, partnership. God's way, God's kingdom, is outside time. It is eternal. All of history as we know it, all of time and space, is here and now. People with no status in this world are teachers, healers, and leaders in the way of heaven. Meanwhile, leaders and powerful people in this world can't even see the reality of life eternal. Take Pilate. Notice how he responds to Jesus, to this like invitation of sorts in their conversation. Jesus says, For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. How does Pilate respond? What is truth? It's a rhetorical question. Pilate delivers it and leaves. Pilate is entirely deaf to the truth. In the way of truth, Pilate is powerless. We all experience times when we feel distanced from the truth, when nothing seems true or meaningful. And when those times come, I return to nature, I situate my body in a canopy of trees and watch the light shifting through the leaves. I feel the wind and the sun on my skin and I remember folks like Jean. Jean the queen. I remember the 1.4 million adults in the US who identify as transgender. I remember the 21 million adults in the US who suffer from addiction. And I remember the 811 million people worldwide who are undernourished today. This week, as we sit down for Thanksgiving, whether it's a feast with family and friends or a Charlie Brown style popcorn and toast snack alone, we give thanks for this truth. We are children of love eternal, born of love, connected by love, and citizens of a love that surpasses all understanding. Amen. the mustard seed this week is to start a gratitude list that list can be one or two things and it doesn't have to stop it's a list to which we can keep adding for this week for the next month for the next year whatever is right for you it can be anything and everything for which you are cultivating gratitude This week, give thanks, cultivate gratitude with a list, a gratitude list. Have a great week. God of love, hear the the prayers of your people. people. For the good work of this community, may our roles be uplifted by one another as we do healing work in Isla Vista and beyond. God God of love, hear the the prayers of 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 your people. We pray this week for all who suffer from addiction. We pray for our transgender siblings. And we pray for all who are giving thanks.